Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spiritual Table Talk. It's just a few of us here today. Me, Papa Hector, Miss Marie, Miss G, Davi, all the way from Poland, Miss Carrie, Care Bear, and Miss Ty over here. Today's topic is the influence of the spirits versus, I'm not sure if this goes with that, flaws in personality slash character. So, as always, make sure you join us, like, comment, follow, subscribe. We are always welcome to topic suggestions. Hit us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Anchor.fm, or your favorite podcast app. Okay. So, it's behind you. So, who would like to start? Who has something to say? I think it's just the um, observation that, thank you, that the spirits have an influence on our personality. I think that the spirits, like in our courts or whatever, they have have an influence on our personality. Right, right, they do. And it's about, you know... The spirits that we have in our court, they for sure can influence our personality. But what a lot of people do is that they take the spirit that they have and they blame it on the spirit instead of owning up to what they be doing. Because, for example, say you have Danto very heavy with you. And let's say you're violent. You get very violent when you're angry. You beat people up or whatever. Oh, I have Danto, you know. And similar thing people do with um, zodiac signs. Say you're a fiery sign like Aries, whatever. You blame everything because, oh, I'm an Aries. I'm just like that. I'm a, you know, hot-headed person, you know? And now what he said, that's true. I've known people like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, my cousin, she um, serves Bluff. And, you know, the Gide are pretty loose mouths if people are not familiar with them. So, like, Bob is even more. <laughs> so, right. she'll say things, but she has. She said something real, like, crazy to me. And then she said, oh, my gosh, I don't remember. You know, Bob must have been here. It would not, it's not me. And with my interaction with the spirits, I've always, has never been anything of that. They've never said anything like that to me. They wouldn't. They haven't. Put it that way. But she, anything she says, like, if she wants to offend you, or something so it's like what do you want to say to the spirit basically mm-hmm. so it's it was Bob well you know it was the get it like I, I I don't even recall I never said such a thing mm. yeah I see that on the island too right it's like it's a very common joke like people say oh I have Candelo so I can't help that I'm a womanizer mm. right it's because I have Candelo that I'm a womanizer. But I think it comes down to like um, self-control, self-respect, and self-responsibility. Because when the spirit's also influencing your ass to go and exercise, somehow you can resist that influence. <laughs> <laughs> right? When it's influencing you to do something good, or let's say give to charity, people resist that influence quite easily. So, like, now I, it's no motherly aspect of Danto, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not exactly. the charitable, you know, defensive part. It's only, oh, I got angry, I stabbed you. Yeah, it was Danto. Like. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and so I've seen it where people kind of use the spirit to not have to take accountability for their behavior or for their actions. It's one thing for the spirit to do something when the spirit is there and it's possessing a person. It's another thing to use the spirit as an excuse for your character. 
it's no different than like many people have been raised by parents that have certain negative traits that no longer becomes an excuse when you're an adult like well that's how my mom did me Another thing that I, I know, noticed um, in a slightly different track is that the spirits can influence you to be attracted to certain things throughout your life. Perhaps you're not even aware of the culture. And for myself, I had a fascination with certain things that later on made sense to me because that was the spirit that was with me. So I think they can influence you to be, you know, to try to reach out to you in a way like that, to have an attraction towards them. Absolutely. And generally with the... Sorry. Go ahead. I think generally with that, it goes coincide with them making up your personality. Like, I know people that, like, last season played trumpet, sing, you know, and they generally love it. Like, that's part of who they are. Hence, part of the spirit, like, that's manifesting, I guess. Yeah. You know, manifesting outwardly in those things. Like, they are mysteries, but, like, some things that are generally known about them. Mm-hmm. Versus like the unelevated and elevated, you can tell like it's in us. Yeah. In right. in the person. Exactly. Okay. I don't even know how to ask the question. I I'm just. I know that they're with us and that they can speak to us, um, but I find myself wondering, sometimes. Clearly, I'm responsible for what I do, right? Clearly. I gotta gotta wear that one, whatever that one is. And it's possible for us to be influenced underneath that, so we don't have to act on it, but we may have an attraction to something or feel like a spike of emotion about something that we can't otherwise explain. And is it that we can't otherwise explain that distinguishes it? Or, because I'm wondering where the line is so uh, if I'm walking through the house and I, I, I suddenly have a, a, the feeling of like sadness, is it me? Is it someone else? I don't have any reason to be sad. Is that how I notice that it might be them? or That is a part of how you may notice that it may not, it may be them and not you, is where usually when it's something that comes from you, you have a reasoning behind it. There's a reason behind it. And sometimes, however, that reason may be deeper than we look at on the surface. So it requires more introspection to make sure that that isn't actually ours. Okay. And we'll get better at that over time, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you become more and more clear, you create a, a clearer and clearer baseline for yourself. So if you're someone who deals with like lots of emotions randomly, regularly, or if your baseline is, let's say, to be sad, then when sadness comes in, it's hard to say that it's coming from the spirit. When your baseline is to be clear, then it's easier to notice when it's an influence not that's not you. Okay. And... Also, is it something that <coughs> one may not feel one has a reason, but is that because one has shied away from it and suppressed it, and therefore it's arising, or is it because actually one does not have it anymore? Okay. 
should talk a little bit more about that second one. Right? So, for example, sadness. Sadness is something that one people have. They attach themselves to it, and they have it within them. So it seems like at times, randomly, it springs up, but it's not random because it's being carried within you. If you don't have it anymore, that means that if you look through you all the way through and through, there's no sadness. Sadness doesn't exist. It's something that may pass through you, but it's not something that belongs to you. Yeah, because the, then the baseline is no longer sad-based. It is clear. It's a clear base where normally I'm not sad. I walk around, I'm fine. I'm 24-7 fine. Like, sadness is not something I wear. If sadness comes up as a result of something external that happens, now I have a reason for it. If sadness comes up as a result of something internal that happens, I have a reason for it. If I clear, if I'm clear, then there's no internal reasoning behind it, or external reasoning. Is there ever a time when it's a little bit of both? So it can be a bit of both because sometimes I'll give you an example, like earlier this week, right? Um, someone said to me that they had a bit of a difficulty at a party at a party because it was quite big that we did and they felt <clears throat> lots of empathy right for people that were suffering and they had specific individuals right actually that was not empathy at all whatsoever if i see you suffering and now i feel bad for it then I didn't need no empathetic skills. If you seem as though you're not suffering and I can feel your suffering beneath your veneer, then maybe there's empathy there. Many cases where people call empathy, we call it self-identification. You feel empathetic towards this individual because you identified, let's say, their sadness and it connects with you so you self-identify and so then therefore you become empathetic towards them the truth is in that case it wasn't empathy the reason why was true empathy would have been looking at the individuals who aren't making an obvious display of their suffering and being able to pick up what's going on with them mm -hmm. those individuals who are not making an obvious display were none of the individuals that the person pointed out. The person pointed out individuals that, I mean, Ray Charles could see something was wrong with them. Okay? So that's not empathy. Empathy is like, I see this person, they seem like everything's totally fine, totally happy, totally fine. They're good in the hood. And yet I can tell there's something else going on there even though there's nothing to tell me that. And even I might say something to them and I would have to drag it out in order to find it. But isn't that, that's part of being an empath, is able to feel people. So regardless of the mask they may wear. Yeah. So 
but most of what people call being an empath is self-identification. You want to relieve their suffering because them suffering makes you identify and relive your own suffering. So your suffering is surfacing simply because you're identified with that person and their suffering. So you want to help to make sure they stop suffering like that so you can stop suffering like that. In which case, it's not charity at all, though that's what you might want to call it. It's not because in reality, you're not really concerned with relieving them. Your concern, your concern with relieving them has to do with relieving yourself. But wouldn't it be subconscious sometimes? Like some people, myself, I, I'm able to, I like to hear, not I like to hear your suffering and your pain, but I can, <laughs> you know, I can listen to it. I can, I can, you know, be empathetic, be, listen to it, all that, and help you. Where I, I guess, behind it all, I may feel good. Like, okay, you have a, a resolution, you know, you feel better. Even if I may not feel great about whatever else is going on, but do you not think that helps both parties? Because it's not like I'm not doing it. It's just me. People tend to come to me with everything. <laughs> so it's, I'm just listening. That sometimes it like, oh, wow, you know, or I've never been through that, and I'm just listening. But do you think that like form of communication helps both parties sometimes? Yeah, it can help both parties temporarily. Temporarily. Mm-hmm. Temporarily, because it doesn't... Talking doesn't bring about solutions. But what if you do? That's what I'm saying. Like, what if you do? When have you ever talked to someone and it resolved it for them? Sometimes. Yeah, give me an example. <laughs> oh, man. You- um... <clears throat> you can't. No, not okay. You can't because it doesn't have, work. It it doesn't happen. I have more you people gi- not listening. You give them a sense of relief for the time being because mm-hmm. they got a chance to get it off their chest. It's not weighing them down for the time being, but it's not resolved, okay. right? Otherwise, you would talk to people and you would say things like, that makes sense, like, hey, your sister is an abusive whore, like, get away from her. And they're like, yeah, you know what, she is kind of abusive, da 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 And then they wouldn't mess with their sister anymore. In fact, their sister would be forgotten. Right. But that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. The reason that doesn't happen <laughs> is because talking doesn't resolve anything. Talking allows people to vent. Mm-hmm. When people vent... That's just in a various form of suppression. Venting is suppression. Yeah. A lot of people, they don't really want the help. Like, when they come to people that are considered empaths, like, you know, how they say that empaths join people with their issues and with their problems, whatever. A lot of these people, they don't really want the help or are not ready for the help. They just want to vent. They just want to sit in it. And that's all they want. They just kind of come to you like, oh, I want help or whatever, just so that you open up to them to a certain degree. Yeah, and they want to throw it off of them onto you. Mm -hmm. That gives them a sense of temporary relief, right? And so most people who like empaths a lot are kind of what we call vampires, right? right? Because they just want to throw the energy off of themselves onto someone else. Mm -hmm. That gives them a sense of relief. You stay feeling with their shitty feeling, Mm -hmm. and then they move on their merry little way, But, again, they're only tossing the top off. 
So that means that eventually it resurfaces. And it's going to continue to resurface until they resolve it, right? And a lot of people calling themselves empaths are not empathetic at all, right? Because an empath can see your suffering, feel your suffering, be understanding of your suffering, but not take on your suffering, Mm -hmm. right? If an empath is an empath, they can walk away from you and not be like, oh my God, now I'm suffering because of what I just dealt with with that person. If you're suffering because of what you dealt with with that person, it has to do with self-identification, which it means no empathy whatsoever, self-centeredness concern. That's what it was. A lot of people call themselves empaths mainly because they can't deal with their feelings. A lot of people that I've met that are empaths come into a room. I can't, I can't be in here because it's too much. There's too many feelings going on in here. Everywhere there is humans, there is feelings. What it is is the feelings that you, this environment makes you identify with are feelings that you don't know how to deal with for yourself. Right? Or it's too much energy in here. There's this surprising fact. Everything is energy. Everything is made of energy. Yeah. So even when you're in your room alone with your furniture and your television, there's too much energy in there too. Somehow, <laughs> that's okay. That doesn't stir anything, right? <laughs> right? So it's not that there's too much energy in there. It's that you do not know how to deal with others. I've met very few empaths. I've met very many empath claimers. Right? And so, like, empathy is feeling what another person feels, but you can feel it without it becoming you. Mm -hmm. No, that was what was taught to us in um, OT school, is empathy versus sympathy, where sympathy is like you're living it along with them, but true empathy is like you can listen with compassion but you're not wearing the hair shirt exactly yeah. absolutely but some people think that is like cold like i've been accused of being very cold across the board from and it's not that it's that for example some people are like oh my goodness i had a nurse i worked with she cried every time each patient died they're like 90 you know like people have to die um, sometimes it wouldn't be a surprise, but they're going to die. So I'm not going to have a nervous breakdown each time a patient dies. So she was like, I just cold. I'm not cold. You know, just like I recently in the past few months, I called to make a, a notification. The, the patient didn't pass away, but he looked to me like he would pass away. However, I called, I sent him to the hospital, and I called the cousin, I mean, I called the girl, and I'm like, um, you know, I called to tell you your father, I said I had to send him to the hospital. So, you know, he wasn't doing too well with his vitals. So then she says to me, what else did you have to say? I'm like, um, that's what I called for, the notification, you know. I don't know about the follow-up, because he changes facilities. So now he's not in my hands anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I called to tell you. So the girl that was working with me, one of the um, other staff members, ends up being her cousin. 
And then she told her, like, her thing, like, a week later, I see her, and she said, she said you were real cold. And she defended me. She said, well, what do you want her to say, you know? But what do people want? Like, they don't like that. And I just separated. Like, I'm at work. I'm at work, you know, people die, whatever happened, certain things happen. Not to say some things may not, oh, wow, you know, touch my heart, but I'm able to clock out and leave it. You know, and people have a problem with that. Some people are like, oh, my God, Tyson, you're just so cold. I don't know how you're like that. And I don't think it's being cold. I think it's not wearing it. Well, it's the thing is that people want you to suffer. So if you're not, if they're suffering, they want you to suffer with them. That's why it's become so popular to become a so-called empath, Mm -hmm. right? Because it makes other people like you're suffering with them. So I'm having a shitty time and so are you. So as long as you're having a shitty time, that makes me feel better that I'm not having a shitty time by myself. And so when you're not having a shitty time with them, they call that cold. Okay? But in reality, it's the cold person that can actually be there for you because it's the cold person that's not so, like, internalized in their own mess Mm -hmm. that they can't actually listen to you. Anyone who's, like, co-suffering with you is in their own world, listening to their own minds, and they're involved in their own kind of version of the suffering that they can't actually be there for you. And so people have a thing where they if they're suffering they want someone else to be suffering oh yeah i've had people like they're in a, they're in a, their boyfriend dumped them and they're all sad about it but i just meet somebody and i'm all happy about it well they don't want to hear it because their boyfriend dumped them because their boyfriend dumped them and they don't want to hear anybody else's good news so they're going to poo on that because you know they want you to be miserable too or i can't listen to that Mm-hmm. Misery loves company. Absolutely. It's a very yes. true thing. It sure is. I'm to say that's the ba- basis of it. And like I was company. talking with David earlier, and I was saying to him like, now that you have a good life, that you're living this good life, you know, it's probably weird with your friends. Like you probably don't have much to say. And we were agreeing like basically when you don't have problems, because what people connect with each other in life is suffering and problems. People don't connect with each other on positive things. So... <clears throat> Both our baby dads beat us up. Yeah, exactly. Each other. Yeah. So now, like, when that happens, especially, like, you're doing this work and that happens, you don't really have much to say because most people are just talking about what they're suffering with most of the time. So that would be trauma bonding, right? Exactly. So exactly now if my that. trauma is healed... Mm-hmm. And moving forward, like... I don't have nothing to say. Yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. when people are actually happy and they're doing the work and things are going well for them, you become kind of quiet because there's not much for you to say. So, then everyone else talks extra because people hate silence. And so, (laughs) they have to fill in the space. And so, they talk a whole bunch of extra stuff. And all it is is pure negativity. Yeah. No one ever spends time connecting with other people. Like, I ask people from time to time who aren't in the suffering mix, like, well, what are some dreams you've had? Not dreams like dreams in, like, sleep dreams, 
but rather like dreams about like things you would like to create in life, positive things. Mm-hmm. What are things that you like? What do you like to go do? Do you like swimming? This positive things rather than negative things. But those conversations are usually still short because people have been taught to speak heavily about negative negative things, right? So we just did this big ass party here. It was awesome. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was great, etc. People are going to talk about that for about 5-10 minutes. Okay? Yeah. Mind you, it took days worth of effort to put together. People will speak, oh yeah, the party was beautiful. It was so great. I loved it. It was wonderful. Do you know what this bitch at work did to me? Exactly. <laughs> she disrespected me. <laughs> and da 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 I hear this one. Certain spirits, like Metra Zili, right? Metra Zili, she's the type of spirit that she likes peace. She likes quiet. So then people will say, I really can't deal with things when they're not peace and quiet because, you know, I have Metra Zili. Mm. Okay? No. What you're actually saying is, I can't deal with life. Period. Point blank. Amen. Mm-hmm. Peace and quiet either can exist within you, even with all the noise in the world. When you're peace and quiet inside of you, then you wake up in the morning and someone's cutting down a tree, someone's, the dog is barking, someone is like mowing the lawn, someone's yelling, and you're still at peace. When you have no peace within you, you wake up in the morning, the birds are chirping, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, all this noise, there's noise pollution, can I sleep, da 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 It's a reflection of, like, what's going on within you. It's like the old person or just the lady that gets, the, the neighbor that gets mad at the babies. Or the people yelling at babies because they're laughing or making too much noise. Yeah, like, or you it's know like, how miserable you have to be. Yeah. yeah, they can be loud and annoying, but like that you're angry. Calling the lady, she called the police because the kids were babies playing too were laughing? loud. Crazy. No, the kids were playing too loud. Oh. They were they were making too much noise. Or when or people like five and six. Oh. <laughs> or when people don't want dogs to bark. Right, yeah. people get annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barking is their language, right? Exactly. So he has to listen to you yapping all damn day. But he wants to bark a few times and people get upset. Like, don't bark. Don't bark. Like, you're worse than the damn dog. Yeah. Like, a dog is going to bark. You never shut the hell up. And he has to listen to this crap day in, day out. Okay? And he has no respite from it. He has no, like, nowhere to run. He has to live with you, okay? <laughs> and then the minute he, like, lets out a few barks, you're like, shut up, dog. Stop I barking. I can't do it. The way this dog is always barking. Dogs bark, by the way. Cats meow. 
Things make noise outside of you. And, like, I don't understand. If you don't like a dark, uh, the sound of a barking dog... Why do you then, have one? Why do you have one? Yeah. You shouldn't keep one. You know, that's torture. That's why I believe, quite simply, like, the spirit said to me a long time ago, like, y'all keep pets to torture animals. Pets is a version of torturing animals. Well... The dog is domesticated so much anyway. It would die in a while. It can't live like the wolf. Yeah, but if you always always (laughs) leave the dog inside, you put it in a cage when you're not home. Oh, yeah. yeah. People do that. Right? When they go to work, they put it in a cage. They never let it go outside. They only let it go outside for them to walk it to go to the bathroom for like five minutes and then bring it back inside. They don't want it to bark. That's torture. Definitely. Okay? A dog is supposed to bark. He's supposed to want to go outside and play. Yeah, let him come inside if that's the need of the dog. But in reality, the reason why people have a hard time getting their dogs inside is because the dog doesn't want to be inside, darling. (laughs) It wasn't made to be inside. If dogs were meant to have houses, they would have built them. Okay, but the last time I checked, hammers and nails, they're not making them. So they're not meant to be inside. And if a dog is left, the dogs down in the island, none of them live inside. No. None of them have dog houses. No, not at all. They all manage to survive. It's crazy like this. <laughs> An animal survives on its own, with or without you, right? So in most cases, the keeping of many pets is a form of torture. You think you're doing the pet a favor. You're not doing it a favor if you're not allowing it to be within its nature. I understand. You've domesticated animals. You've put inside of them your neuroses. I understand. So now they're neurotic like you. I get it. So now they have to live with you. I get it. So now they have to deal with you and be tortured by you for the rest of their lives. I understand. However... You also have to let that animal be within its nature. If it's a cat, it has to be able to meow without you acting all crazy. It has to be able to run around a little bit, you know, purr, jump on things, kill some birds, kill some (laughs) mice. Like, it's descended from large cats, right? Like, you have to allow some space and some freedom for the animal to do its animalistic thing right now some animals they've been so domesticated they don't want to go outside right this is why like dogs now have like medications that they give them for anxiety they got edibles for dogs yeah they have anxiety (laughs) medications yeah why because it's been around neurotic humans for so long it is now neurotic no other animal is anxious. Dogs get anxious, but no other animal is anxious. Because they're one with nature. Exactly, because they're in their nat- natural form. Even cats don't be anxious. They're like, you want to be anxious? <laughs> they're smart enough to like get away from you. Okay? <laughs> right. Yeah. They're like, huh. And like a cat will let you pet it a few times, and then it's like, I'm done with you, human. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and it could totally, like, move on past you. Like, I always tell people, like, 
a cat loves you mainly because you feed it. If someone else feeds it for long enough, they'll probably love them just as much too. You'll be forgotten. It's a hard thing to hear. But a cat's a little bit more closer to its nature than a dog. But some people are like that. So I don't know why. I mean, if you put it not even a parallel, it's like a, a link. People are like that. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it. You could feed them and do whatever and they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But it's when, like, you try to force things to be a way that they're not. Mm-hmm. Right? And it comes back down, same, same, to the spirits. Like, you have the ability to resist influences. Especially negative ones. Because Especially like we negative said, ones. We, we went to piggyback on what we said. It is people blame the negative aspects of the spirits. You know, like the fight, temperamental, because of the spirit. But what about the good? So, oh, yeah, they don't claim those. Yeah, so no. to take accountability for, you know, both sides is, I guess, while you're doing the work. Because, hey, if you can say it's her for this, why can't you say it's her for this? Yeah, just like, you know? so, Zili, spirit of perfection, right? Mm-hmm. So, on the negative side, right, you criticize. On the positive side, you see that everything is perfect as it is. Yeah. So then there's no criticism. Mm-hmm. Criticism is dropped. Because if everything is perfectly fine as it is, there's nothing for you to criticize. You accept the flaws. Yeah, you, you accept... It's not that you accept the flaws. There are no flaws. There are no flaws. It's not flawed. So with the flaws come through um, unelevated eyes or do other humans just... Well, if you if you feel flawed, then you see flaws. Definitely. Otherwise, you see that person and you're like, yeah, they're like this, and that's just perfectly fine for who they are. Perfectly. It might not be for you. Mm-hmm. It might not be your way, but it doesn't mean that your way is right and their way is wrong. It means that that's not your way, that's their way. And that goes with a lot of other... So, like, Candelo with the womanizer. He's also very loyal. On the positive side, he's a loyal spirit. Right. And what people claim in Candelo, and that's why they're womanizer, they probably don't have a little bit of loyalty in them. Not even to the main right. chick, quote-unquote. So, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the thing is that everyone wants to use the spirit as an excuse for... Mm, lack of responsibility, decision-making, consciousness, accountability. But no one wants to go ahead and be like, oh my God, the spirit influenced me so heavy to be accepting of others. Mm. Exactly, 100%. And I also feel like a lot of people, what they're going to do is they're going to use the spirit as a way of saying what they think about somebody else. For example, oh, you know, Freda feels as if though you should, you know, dye your hair blonde because that's what they think but they want to use the spirit as a way of influencing you know the person in a way true especially if they're a believer the the other person true so we i know someone right where she wanted to control her daughter's life Mm -hmm. so 
what she would do is be like, the spirits came to me and said, this and this and this is what you should or shouldn't do. <laughs> this and this and this. So at one point, the daughter gets a boyfriend. The woman doesn't like the boyfriend. Why? Because now that the daughter has her own boyfriend, she's not able to control her daughter as avidly as she could before. So then suddenly the the spirits told her that the boyfriend was going to molest the child. Oh right? Now that never happened. It was never going to happen. She made it up. She made it up. Because lying on the spirits. I've been telling you for the past oh, man. like few weeks. <laughs> People lying on the spirits. Exactly. Yeah. So then, like, she ended up having a whole bunch of troubles and issues and whatever for her own self. But it was all just basically, I want to control my daughter. And my daughter does believe in the spirits. And this is kind of like, I call it being a false guide in life. Yeah. Right? It's manipulative. Yeah. And so one thing that the false spirits do is they mix good information with bad information. So it's a mixture of both. So you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? She is right. You know, this person did cuss me out today, and she just told me that. And so if she's, if that's right, then she must also be right about my boyfriend not being any good. Exactly. But that, that sort of manipulation is crazy because, you know, within spiritual things, it's, like, no different, like, when you go to, like, a Catholic household or whatever... Like, you know, when the child starts rebelling or whatever, oh, you're going to go to hell if you continue on doing that. You know, it's almost like the same thing, just in spiritual stuff. Yeah, it's a man- both. It's the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a manipulation. That's what it is. It is manipulation. It takes a lot of um, discernment. Yeah, it does. It but, you know, when someone is, like, vulnerable, especially if they're a believer and that person giving them so-called message is somewhat, like, seasons to a certain degree like in the work or the person sees them as an authority they can manipulate the other person to do whatever you know just by saying oh the spirit came to me told me this and this and that yeah absolutely definitely and i think like that has happened to me before Mm -hmm. and i also feel like i don't know some things in me so now it'd be like me versus the spirit or both of us it just be like it's not right like okay yeah you could have told me one two three and they're right but four is wrong, and I, I don't believe any otherwise. Right. You know, like, simple. I had a conversation with Ugu, and he told me a certain rum I could give him. With the other mumble, she was like, he only drinks Babunku. Like, that's it. You can't give him anything else. So if you have a service to do for him, and you can't find Babunku. Like, I refuse to accept it, period, that in the whole entire world, that all the places Ubu is because they aren't limited that if you can't find a bottle of bottle food you can't serve it exactly. like I refuse that <laughs> and then I remember what he told me yeah. so it didn't matter what she said even though she was right about certain things it was like yeah no <laughs> I must I must stick with this exactly. you know so I think that has to do with what a lot of discernment yeah it has to do with discernment it has to do with unraveling yourself right spiritually so that you can discern when like basically someone's feeding you bullshit exactly you know and people will also like to project things onto you 
Like, oh, you have metrazili, so you're like this, mm -hmm. so you're like that. That's another thing people do. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, it makes sense because of your spirit and who you have. Well, actually, what you're, say what you're doing when you're doing that to someone is you're trying to take the power out of their hands to have personal influence, power, and responsibility. Okay, like taking accountability from self taking accountability out of their hands. So it's like this. Oh, you're shy like that. That's normal. I understand. It's because you have metrezili that you're shy like that. Okay. That may be an influence in it. It may be true to some degree. But what you're doing is now you're implanting in that person the seed of the idea that their shyness is no longer their responsibility. Mm -hmm. okay. So it's no longer something they can control. Mm -hmm. And it becomes something that they can like no longer like really work on because if it's the spirit's influence, then what what can I say to the spirit? I won't change because that's a part of you know what I have allegedly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it stops like the evolution of character, you know, mm -hmm. because it explains it like oh you have metacity, you're like this, you gotta leave it because that's who she is, you know. But but how much do you think the spirit that the with the person's head spirit? Um, influences their presentation or you know like how much of an influence is there i would say it's probably somewhere between like 30 percent mm -hmm. and i would say that's probably like in totality mm -hmm. because you are still you yeah you are a spirit too you're you also and also it's like when we discuss spirits like in your spiritual frame mm -hmm. you don't just have one right right so you have like bits and pieces of a bunch of them and when you add all that together mm -hmm. we create a, s a specific individual mm -hmm. right. it's just like i'm not sure how true it is but i read it supposedly like scientifically on the globe i think there's only like six different noses six different oh. sets of eyes six different lips okay. all of them are just like uh different by like maybe their your eyes are more set apart uh -huh. or closer together maybe that set is a little bit larger or a little bit smaller uh -huh. but you have billions of people in the world that basically have six versions yeah. of every feature but we all look different right we're all unique well as i say like you you have tons of people who have the same like head spirit but they're not all automatons who all act exactly the same. Exactly. They're very different. And where one spirit might influence you more in this area, mm -hmm. and another spirit may influence someone else in that area. Or mm -hmm. like Zili, let's say, might influence you more when it comes to, let's say, how you deal with people professionally. Mm -hmm. Whereas for someone else, it may have more of an influence in how they live at home. Uh-huh. Yeah. And also what's interesting is that, you know, what many people, people forget is that as you evolve, as you do the work and different things like that, um, you know, you uplift and you connect more in depth with your spirits. And if you are clear and stuff like that, then you kind of get into embracing the more positive side of them, the more elevated side of them. Meanwhile, a lot of what people claim, as we said before, is just like the bad stuff, like down to aggressive, whatever, whatever. And they forget that as you 
you know, evolve and you connect with your spirits even deeper, you kind of start to embrace their positive sides even more because that is what you are trying to reach for, basically. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they take you out of it. Yeah, and, like, what I would say is like this. Like, let's say you're a Maitrezili person, right? So she's the spirit of also of depression, Yeah. right? You can be depressed. She can maybe add her little 20%. Make it 20% worse than if you were by yourself being depressed. Uh-huh. But again, she's not the totality of the depression. Right. The depression had to start with you. Mm-hmm. There's something that she needs in order to influence it. Right. You can't influence nothing. Yeah. So, like, you can't blame the totality of your depression on Metrezili. You can't be like, I'm a depressive person because of her. No, maybe because of her, I'm more prone to be depressed. Uh-huh. But it doesn't mean I must be depressed. Right. Right. Yeah. Also, talking about the aggression, there might be times where it's really appropriate for that aggressive okay. thing to come up. Yeah, because for sure. you might need it. But then for it's, sure. oh, so, you're just an aggressive person. So mm-hmm. it's like... Versus, yeah. Yeah, yeah all the time. For sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's one thing to be an aggressive person. It's another thing, like... You need to be aggressive because yeah. that's what the situation demands. Yeah. Right, and it's with the spirits as well. Don't throw, it's not always like I'm gonna stab you. Like, exactly. right, you know, <laughs> she's she is loving. She is she's wiped my tears away. So it's like you know, it's not always. So you can't. Yeah, definitely. Just yeah, I feel like also you know the you know pe- people when they blame things or certain flaws of their character or whatever on the spirit, a lot of times they blame it like on the shallow side of who they think they are. But they don't really look deeper as to who they are. They, they just look at the shallows. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't know themselves. Yeah. yeah. And also, blaming the spirit for that, aside from allowing you to escape like responsibility, aside from that, it makes people sympathetic to you. He can't help it. Mm-hmm. It's ah. his spirit. Mm-hmm. They become more sympathetic to you. And to the fuckery. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, he can't help it. It's the spirits that are with him. Um, poor him. You know, he's being influenced in that way. Exactly. When in reality, like, no, not poor him. He, not yet. I want a trophy coffee. Um... In reality, not for him. Like, he chooses to accept that influence. Exactly. Right? Somebody can influence you to do crack. That far. <laughs> Whether or not you choose to do it, that's totally up to you. Mm-hmm. You can't be like, oh, he, he really wanted me to do crack. You know? And I... Like... Anais has the spirits of parties, right? Yeah. But I haven't done crack. Exactly. So what kind of influence is she being if I haven't done crack? Not a good one, apparently. (laughs) Okay? Like, I haven't done meth. Like, what's going on here? Why isn't she influencing me this way? Why? Because you have to have, like, there's something called personal will. Exactly. Right? And that's something that in any mystical tradition, it's an important element. 
It's yeah. the element, right? And so there has to be a, a degree of personal will that gets executed. And when someone is really uh, unable to exert their will is when they're fully possessed. Outside of that, you can exert some degree of your will. Whether you choose to or not may depend on whether it's convenient for you or not. I think that makes good for this topic because looks like we're getting cut here on time. Yeah, these recordings, they allow us for a certain amount of time. So... As always, like, comment, follow for more. Subscribe on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to make a donation to the temple, you can donate Cash App, Cash Symbol, Hector Salva. And we will speak with you shortly again. Keep the faith. Until next time, stay blessed.